yo, you're going to want to take notes on this one. If you're a player, a coach, a parent, whomever, pay attention. We got golden nuggets being shared all over the place today. Amber Whiting is joining the show. She's the new BYU women's head coach, and she has experience playing at the collegiate level. She has experience coaching at the AAU and high school level where she won a state championship, and now she is the head coach of Division I BYU women's basketball. We're going to be talking to her about her experience in her career. Uh, her husband played overseas. We've spoken to both her husband and her daughter already on this show, and now we get to hear from her, which is super special because we get to hear her journey and learn from her about everything that she's encountered and what we can expect from her moving forward. You don't want to miss this episode of the Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time Boost! This is the Game Time Guru Podcast, where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. What's up, everyone? Welcome out to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. I am your host, Shane Larson. Excited to be here with everybody today. And uh, listen, uh, another week goes down with the show, and I want to give a massive shout-out to all the followers. The show continues to grow. Uh, we are almost to that 100-country mark that I wanted to get to by the end of 2022. And, you know, one of the things I just want to shout out is the fact that we've done this organically, right? Like, I, I always say this to the listeners. I'm not, you know, Joe Rogan. I don't have $100 million coming from Spotify. You know, I'm not paying for ads. But the fact that we got to a we're, – we're close to 100 countries organically, it's because of all the listeners. I literally mean that. When everyone shares an episode or listens to an episode or leaves a review, it gets out to more people. People see it on their feeds, and they're able to listen. So massive shout-out to everybody who has supported me from day one, five and a half years running – uh, couldn't be more grateful. But today we are bringing on an amazing guest. Listen, I said in the introduction before we started uh, this interview that you know it's going to be a fun one. We had some family ties to the uh, to, to to this guest before. I interviewed her her daughter and her husband um, prior, and now we get to to hear from her herself. Now they kept saying you know she does everything is in the background. She doesn't want to be the face of anything. Well, guess what? She is the face of something. She's the face of BYU <laughs> women's basketball now. So she, she has an obligation to, to speak to the media. And now she can't hide. Her name's Amber Whiting. Amber, thanks so much for joining the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And congrats on all your countries. That's awesome. Ah, uh, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, Amber, I I'm stoked to get to talk to you. Okay. Cause like, I didn't know who you were, but when I was talking to Amari and Trent, I, I mentioned to them when we were covering the state basketball tournament, we had heard all about your guys' team and stuff. I did not know, I didn't realize who you were, but all I remember was seeing how intense you were. And I told him already that like, dude, you were like down in a defensive stance lower than I would get down. Like, I'm like, holy frick, dude, me and me and Ty from Boise sports talk at the Idaho underground sports network. We were, we were talking about like, holy cow, their coach is like, that's longer than I've ever stood in a defensive stance in all of my years of playing. So I'm like, that is wild. You're, you're just into the game. And so then I come to find out through, you know, you know, researching more and getting to know who you guys are and stuff. Yeah. You, you're, that's that's part of your life as you've been a you know a hooper. So I want to rewind the clock and get to know you, okay. Amber. Before we even get to BYU basketball, before we get there, let's get to know you as a hooper, like an athlete yourself. So talk to us about your playing days. Um, I actually played at high school at Fremont High School um, under Gina Butters, who played at the U and was a phenomenal coach. And she kind of 
I mean, I always love the game, right? But her way of coaching, like it literally like lit a fire under me, you know, and you want to run through brick walls for coaches, like those, those, those are the type of people her and like Jeff Stevens, when um, I was coming up in junior high, like those, those two people by far, like were the most positive were the most. And so they just got the most out of us as players. And so that kind of got me started. Um, I went from Fremont to Snow College, played for Jamie White, who is a huge mentor of mine still. Um, she reached out when I got the job and, you know, how can I help? And I was just texting her today on some things. Just And so just having those type of coaches in there, like just good, strong women that you just kind of want to emulate. Right. And so after snow, I went to Weber State and played a year there. And my husband, we got married in between. He went to BYU or sorry, he went to Utah and um, didn't love playing for Majerus. And so he put his name in the transfer portal. And back then, when you put your name in, you got to sit a year. Right. So. I mean, the logical choice for him would have been to go to Weaver State with me because they wanted him. But um, Judkins had recruited him at Utah and then since moved down to BYU. And so when Trent, he saw that Trent was going to go transfer, he was like, hey, how about we get you both down here? So it was like, it, it was easy, right? It was an easy move for us. And then I had to sit out a year because of the transfer stuff. And then Trent got um, a job overseas in Italy. And we went overseas for 12 years and had two kids and that's where I've been. My goodness. Okay. So yeah. this is the cool, cool part about it. Cause I get to speak to a female Hooper, like somebody who's been through it from the women's game. And we, we had talked to Amari and kind of got to know her side of things, mm -hmm. but it's not, I don't think a lot of people understand how the women's game really works and so forth. And so I want to, I'm glad I get to talk to a, a female Hooper to kind of talk about the women's side of things. I want to know, like, from a junior college perspective, snow, that's actually a well-respected, you know, junior college mm -hmm. for even football too. Like a lot of people know about snow, snow college, but talk to me about the junior college aspect of basketball when you were playing like the smaller school style and then the transition to a, a larger school and what, what that was like uh, for the sport. Um, well at snow, it was, I mean, you don't have the resources, right? So you learn to, the grind is the grind. Like you're driving in a van and everywhere you go or on team buses. And we traveled with the guys team back then. And like, you're just, it's, I mean, you're down in Ephraim and it's like what it is. And it's like, <laughs> when, <laughs> we have, I have like PTSD from preseason conditioning because the turkey smell was awful. And then you're just smelling that as you're running. And it was, <laughs> it was awesome. But you just like, you become like a little bit more, uh, I want to say like mentally tough going through the JUCO route, right? Also, when you step in, it's not like you're a true freshman. I mean, you're stepping as a freshman, but you're just having to beat out those sophomores. So it's not like you're having to beat out seniors that have been there for two or three years. So that's, and the uh, smaller of like the class size is a little bit easier to handle. It's like scholastically. So I feel like from the JUCO site, I mean, it was a good route for me to go, especially out of high school. Um, but yeah, I just feel like you learn about the grind a whole different way. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate you saying that. I think that that's, it's huge for a lot of athletes to hear because some people look down on junior colleges. I, I completely disagree with that. I mean, I, every junior college is different. Every coach is different. You're going to have a different experience wherever you go. Cause it depends on the city in which you're in and, and whatnot. But I feel like from the mental side of things, if you plan on going to a, a larger school afterwards to continue your playing days, um, I mean, you might be more mentally prepared than than a lot of people. It, it could easily be that way because of the grind you have to go through. Yeah, and I feel like, too, you get that game experience, right? Whereas a freshman in a big college, um, I mean, 
I hope freshmen are going to where they can be utilized and used, right? But you might, you know, be behind a senior and a junior who are playing your same spot. So then, you know, you're sitting there a lot. But you go to the JUCO route and you're instantly playing and getting those minutes and those reps and everything else. And so I feel like there are benefits to both sides. But I really, I my side was where I needed to go and how I needed to do it. So, yeah. I love hearing that. I love hearing that. So when you got to the the larger school, like you went to go to, to Weber, what mm-hmm. would you say is the biggest transition? So maybe an athlete out there that's listening, especially like a female athlete that can relate to you a little more. Uh, what was the biggest transition from the JUCO game to the larger school's game? Um, I would say obviously the speed of the game, speed of the game and the physicality, right? But at the flip side, like um, your head coach at the junior college level, I mean, she was doing your weights, your conditioning, your, right? She was in your face. So then the other side, now I have a weight training coach and then I have a conditioning coach and then I have a, you know what I mean? So it's kind of, it's a little less personal. So you got to really like mentally dig in right then because, you know, what you put forth in conditioning might not always translate to the court because you're not, you don't have the same coach, right? So at Juco, I feel like if I worked hard in conditioning and hard in weights and hard in everything, I would actually get that chance to be on the court and to do things where the other way it's a little bit, but the speed of the game by far, that's what the biggest jump is crazy that's 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 just crazy (laughs) to hear it okay cool cool it's not that's awesome so amber when you were going through all this obviously married a an individual you ended up playing professionally um so you got to understand that grind um at what point during this whole experience whether as a hooper yourself or now you're you're married and you're you're a mom now at this point you're living overseas you're doing a lot of different things what point did you decide hey like i want to i want to potentially coach like when did that ever come to your mind um I feel like when, so when we were in Italy, when we come home in the summers, we, my son was playing, right? And Trent coached him, but then we had Amari and who's going to coach her? Well, I want to, right? Because who better to coach your kids than yourself? Cause you can put in the time and effort with them. And anyways, and so then we started our club hard knocks and I coached two teams actually that was two years older than her and a year older and just kind of took them up through. And so that's been 12 years of coaching those girls and doing that. And, you know, just, seeing the successes of those girls, like I want to help empower the girls and I want to help empower the women. And so I got to get in the game, right? Like too many parents, I feel like take a sideline approach to it, but I, I'm that person that wants to get in and get yeah. in the fight. It's fun. Like you, I, <laughs> you, you want to get in the fight. You're in your defensive stance yes. for four quarters <laughs> on the bench. It's wild. Yeah. So, so to that point, I guess, you know, myself, I, I, I'm only two years into coaching the club ball scene right now. And, and mm-hmm. it, yeah, it's the 17 year old. So it's a fast paced game. It's a lot of guys that are going to junior colleges and some of them going to NAIA's D2s and so forth. So we're, you know, I'm, I'm learning pretty quickly, but I will tell you, like, I've had some transitions from like what I know as a player and what I know as a, it's, 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 it's kind of like my conversation with people as like, you know, Michael Jordan, the, the, you, your best employees don't always make the best managers. Well, like your best players don't always make the best coaches because there are a lot of differences in coaching because you don't really have full control over what you're doing on the court. So it, it is mm-hmm. kind of difficult that way. I would ask you this same questions from the time that you've been coaching so far, um, which apparently now has been years because it started at a young age for especially Amari. Um, what would What's the biggest transition from being a player? Like the hardest thing, I guess, for you to, to cope with as a coach compared to like, your, your playing days? Um, well, I was a point guard, so I feel like point guards, they have to have a really good feel for what's going on, right? Um, and I obviously didn't play at the highest level, but I feel like just seeing how Trent handled things, and he has he had a coach overseas that I love, Demis Cabina, 
And I actually reached out to him. Hey, you want to jump on the girl side? But he was not down for that. But um, he uh, just the mismatches that happened, right? And how to play off those, how to play that um, I'm not going to be a puppeteer type coach. Like, let's play ball, right? Read and react type stuff. And um, just just that nature. I just really wanted to bring that aspect to what I was teaching my young group growing up. And I feel like they learned how to play basketball, not just go here, set a screen, do this. Like that's not playing basketball. Right. So like, I mean, I, sometimes when I go in a gym and I watch coaches, especially junior high or high school level, like I don't like watching the same, like I know what the play is going to be, what's going on before they even do it because they've done it over and over and over. Right. I want it to be different every time down the court and to push the ball and have transition. So that's what I'm trying to teach. I feel like in the AU level, especially you got to, you know, you got to get out and run. And so if they can learn to just play that way and play basketball, then I feel like it helps to benefit them when they go to college. I love that. AAU basketball, you've had experience coaching at the high school level and then at the club level, the AAU level um, yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and then again, you had the opportunity to coach your daughter, Amari. Uh, shout out Amari. She was the Gatorade player of the year last year at Burley. Um, but, and you're a big credit to that because you, you won a state championship at Burley. Okay. So let me just, not me, rewind. my girls, your like, girls, yeah. you're a bit, but you are part of this, your yeah. team. I want to remind everybody I'm in, I'm in, well, technically I'm in Napa, Idaho, but I, I always say Meridian. I don't like to say mm-hmm. I'm from Napa. So anyway, I'm in the Boise, Idaho area. My whole entire existence growing up, I'm 33 years old now, my whole life, Burley, no one ever talked about Burley. Okay. No one, <laughs> Burley is, I don't mean any disrespect to it, but that's just what oh. it was now. Yeah to see that they've actually like, it's just wild. Like we heard about this girls team coming up, like, wow, this, this team is just amazing. The fact that they even like, they've got their name out there and even the guys team made a name for themselves too. They, they fought hard, yeah. but it's like all of a sudden Burley's in the papers, Burley's in the media. It's like, Whoa, to me, it's just weird because Burley was, it was not what we talked about. It's like mountain home. Sorry. No, <laughs> no hate to mountain home either, but dude, that's just what it was for us growing oh. up. So you, you coach the AAU scene and the, uh, the high school scene. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about the differences there. Like you talked about the speed of the game is a little different in AAU, but do you feel like for the girls, now that you've seen it from the coaching aspect, do you feel that they should be playing both if they want to get to the next level? Do you feel there's benefits from both sides of that? Oh yeah. Um, if they're like in the high school level, I feel like we got to work a lot more on skills, right? So then if they're going to take that next jump and they want to go to college, those skills should be honed in. Right. And so like when we would go to our club practices, like I'm not working on skills there. We're working on team stuff. And because you only get a certain amount of practices for you're out on the, you know, on the circuit. So when we got to club practices, I just said, look, girls, when you're home Monday through Thursday, because we practice Friday night, Saturday morning, but you're home Monday through Thursday, you better be getting up the ace amount of shots. You better be, you know, running. You better be doing this because I don't have time to condition and do all the skill work here. We got to work on what defense we're going to run, our defensive principles, what offense we're going to, I mean, you got to work on that team stuff. So I feel like the accountability level on the club scene is a more, is way more on the player's end. Does that make sense? Yeah. Whereas high school, it's the high school coach's job to put in those skills, to make sure we have practices every day too. You know what I mean? So I feel like that's a huge difference is accountability. That is a huge piece. And I'm glad you shared that. I, I hope people understand that. Maybe go take notes of what you just said. <laughs> It's 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 crazy because we struggle with it ourselves as coaches at the club level because we get two two days of practice and they're like an hour and a half each. That's what we've gotten, you know, 
put out for the, the guys. And it's like high school, you got like two and a half, three hours a day uh, during the mm -hmm. season at least. And so it's like, it's, it's a lot different. And some people, some parents, some, some other people, they have different expectations. It's like, well, it's kind of tough for coaches. And then not only that, some kids don't even show up to practice at times, depending on where they live, or maybe they got other obligations. It's like, so true. Yeah. It's like, yo, so you just expect to come play on a Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And, and, and the chemistry, right? The chemistry, if you don't have those pieces or, or you're pulling the best kid from this team, this team, and this team, they got to find their roles too, together. They can't, you know, I can't have five alphas on a team when it's a team sport still. So yeah, the chemistry thing's huge. Totally. Totally. Okay. That is, that's, that's huge. I love the accountability factor. I want people to understand that like club basketball is huge. I, I think it's a, I'm a big advocate of kids playing if they can, um, if they can afford, it's not, ex it's not cheap. I should say it's, it can be expensive, but it's a great opportunity. It provides you with a, a lot of exposure to different uh, levels of the sport itself. Um, for you guys, um, especially this last year, I mean, talk to us about like the, the, the levels of competition outside of Idaho, like maybe talking to the Idaho athletes that knew who you were, what was the benefit for you and your girls coaching, you know, the club game? Cause you guys went out to a lot of different places playing some really tough competition. Um, well, playing for Natalie Williams, we get the, like, and it's, they only have a certain amount of teams, right. For Nike, YBL, Natalie Williams, or sorry, Adidas, and then Under Armour. So, I mean, if you get to get on that circuit, like you're playing the best of the best. And so you go out to these games and you don't necessarily get to scout teams because you might have a couple of YouTube, whatever, before you go. So you're just, you have to adjust on the fly. And so those girls are in games. They have to learn whatever's drawn on the board. You got to do defensive assignments. This is what we're going to switch up. This is what we're going to do. And so, I mean, when you get to go play the best of the best and those names, right, that are top 100, top 50, top 20, whatever, like it is like such a good thing, like to be able to just go match up with them. What do I got? Right. And if I get my butt kicked, let's go home, and work on it. Like, let's figure out how to get better. And so that's what I take away from getting out there. And I just like to challenge and just be able to rise to that. Right. Like, I mean, if you just stay in, I, that's probably another thing, too. If you just stay in Idaho, then you're not really challenging yourself and getting to see what you're going to match up with out there in the rest of the country. I mean, there's a time and place for everything. High school ball, I believe, full hardly needs to be played in June. Because that's when you can get, I mean, you get more games in June than you do actual season, right? So, I'm truly. So, high school play in June, awesome. But, like, April, May, July, like, get out and see what you got, right? Like, that's push yourself. That's what I think. I, so. I dig that. I love it. No, that's Not so fun. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so dope. I love it. Um, okay. So, for the... Now this is the the piece of the story that everyone was kind of like in a in a good way surprised, but like whoa, that's a that's a big <laughs> a big move. That's nice. BYU. <laughs> it's like we were. I remember when it happened. Like all my business partners at Idaho Underground Sports and all the other media members that I'm friends with, they were like, "Yo, dude, did you guys see this news?" Like it was like everywhere. We're like, <laughs> oh, Amber Whiting is now coaching BYU women's basketball. Like it's this is like oh, we're we're going from Burley to hear. And, uh, it was awesome. I was like, Holy cow, this, this is a big move. I want to know from your perspective, your thoughts, your initial thoughts, when that whole thing went down and you, you, you officially got the gig. Are you, when you get Amber, talk to us about it. Just walk us through it. Like, <laughs> were you nervous? Are you, are you um, like, Holy so cow. I, so I mean, the job opened up. Right. And I like, I mean, you always go in your head, like, this will be so fun. You know, like, just like, ah, can I do this? And then I started thinking logistically, what does this mean for my family? 
huge move. Like Jay Scott home from his mission and I would be moving away from him. Right. And then Amari, I mean, it's her senior year and you make all these memories with your friends, your senior year and you do all that. So legitly, like we had to sit down as a family and like, you know, cause I can't do this by myself. Right. And so I was like, I didn't want to put my family through it. It's rough. And I'm just being very vulnerable right now. Sorry. Um, it's rough. And so uh, my husband just said, said to me, you always put your family first. You've never bet on yourself. What do you want to do? And I just remember looking at him and just having this fire. Like, I want to do this. Like, this is what I want to do. And so he's like, okay, go do it. Like, just put your name in and try bet on yourself for once, you know? So I was like, okay. So I put my application in and it, it's a long process at BYU. Not going to lie. It was a good month, five, six weeks, whatever it was. And I just kept it to myself a little bit, right? Like I wasn't telling people because I mean, I'm like the dark horse. I'm the high school coach. Nobody's going to hire me. Like in my head, I thought they're not going to give this. But every interview I went into, everything I did, I just said to myself and, you know, said a little prayer. I am religious, but I was like, I got to be myself. I just have to be myself because I'm not going to like try to be somebody I'm not. And then they're unhappy with who they got. Right. So I'm just going to be myself. Whatever interview I go into, I'm just myself. So I just stayed true to myself through the whole entire process and then got to the very end and they asked me to come down. And when Brian called me, I was like, oh, I didn't get it. Like the way he said it on the phone, you know, I was like, I didn't get it. Like be classy, Amber, you know, I'm going to congratulate who I was going against, like just whatever. And so I got down there and when he opened the door, he's like, Hey coach. And I just like instantly, like my heart was like, wait, is he, you know, like, I was like, no, for real. And like, it just was like, I don't know, super humbling, super humbling that they would actually trust me with this. Right. And like, but I know that I am, a huge shock. I know I wasn't that name that BYU or that some people wanted. Um, but I just really like, I know that I the work ethic I have and I know what I have inside me and I know the personality I am and I'm going to give this 110%. And like I said, I'm going to get in a fight and we're going to get after it. And then at the end of the day, if that's not enough for the haters or whoever doesn't agree, then that's okay because I'm okay with me, right? Like I'm myself and I just, and so if I teach my, and my kids, like, they've seen the highs and the lows of this going through, right? First couple of weeks is you're drinking from a fire hose. It is, you got a lot to do besides, I mean, I'm hiring a staff and I'm uh, talking to the current team to make sure they stay right. Or, you know, recruiting or trying to get fingerprints to get in the building. I mean, anything you can think about, I'm it's, it's like <laughs> 6 a.m. to 9 p.m., 10 p.m. job. And then I wake up at night and I'm like, I gotta do this and this and I'm just taking notes, right? So. Like, I just, I'm going to throw my whole heart and soul into it. And I'm, I'm, that's me. And so, yeah, that's my feelings throughout this whole thing. <laughs> that is what I was hoping you'd say, because I wanted you to walk us through. I got anxiety listening to you talk about it. Like, I felt like I was you for a second because you're talking about <laughs> it and then going into the door. Hey coach, your heart kind of like, whoa, you know, like, I, I just think it's so cool. What I love about your family though. And, uh, you know, it's just the support. It's the support you guys all have for each other. It's, it's everyone, yourself included. For you have support for your husband and your kids. They have support for you. It, that's pretty pretty awesome, especially in today's world when like family just isn't. It's just not uh, as prioritized as I feel it should be. And it's cool to see you guys are so tight knit with the support. Shout out to you guys. I think that's rad. It's a good example. Now the uh, the one thing I would say here is I I think you kind of answered it, but I'll I'll have you elaborate because you mentioned staying true to yourself multiple times there. That's what you did during the process. 
I was going to kind of piggyback off of that during your time, like your kids, both of them, Jace and Amari, like very high profile athletes in their sport. I mean, like they're high profile athletes, so they are well known in their sports. And so they deal with pressures. You had a husband who's a professional basketball player. You know, he played multiple years overseas. There's social media out there. Now you're the head coach over at BYU. That's a high profile position. There's a lot of uh, what you would call haters. You've got a lot of just people <laughs> with opinions. I don't even call them haters. It's just people that everybody wants to open their mouth about something, whether it be good or bad. So everybody just has opinions and now they have platforms where they can share those. I have a podcast. I can share opinions if I want to, but it doesn't mean they're right, but I have this platform that I can share opinions and everyone's the same way. How do you, I guess, what, or what recommendations would you give to anybody who's dealing with those, those pressures when you get, when you get to higher levels of athletics and anything in life for that matter, more and more pressure comes on. How do you still execute and be able to focus? Get off social media. <laughs> just it. kidding. Just kidding. It's a, it's a necessary evil, but, uh, um, yeah, I've, I, I mean, there were people that created accounts that on the day I got the job to come at me, right. It's okay. Oh, wow. Like you motivate me. Thank you. Like, you know what I mean? That's, that's the way I look at it. Now. And I don't like, I just, I check in with my kids periodically because they do get it from both sides. Right. Like, you know, and uh, I just want to make sure that they're doing okay. But on the flip side, like, um, yeah, there's no reason to get on and just read all the comments and do all that stuff. Right. Like it just, and there's goods and bads. So I can get on and read the good and, you know, pump myself up or I can get on and read the bad and take myself down. So just, like, I mean, I just try and stay off as much as possible and tell my kids, you know, and like there's been, I mean, this isn't all like flowers and roses. I mean, there's been hard days and that's okay. I, I'm, I'm up for the challenge, but like I'll get a text from Jace, you know, checking in and saying, hey, mom, you got this, like super proud of you for doing this. Like, you know what I mean? Or from Amari, like, and I just know that I am strong and I'm teaching my girls to be strong and it's not the first time that something's ever going to come at you. Right. So if you can, you know, I always tell my kids and now my girls obviously don't get your, don't let your highs get too high or your lows get too low. So then you're not doing this with all the, everything you're just kind of, you know what I mean? Act like you've been there before, act like you've done it. So when you, I mean, it's, there's times to celebrate and there's times to be, you know, sad or whatever, but if you, the more even kill you can do, like, I feel like you can uh, be emotional, like how I coach, but I don't come from an emotional state, if that makes sense. So that's what I try and live and try and teach my girls and my kids. And yeah. That's huge. I hope, again, anyone who's listening to this, if you're on like your iPhone or you're just whatever your device is, <laughs> pull out your notepad and start taking notes. Like that's, that's huge advice. I could take that advice for just my full-time job that I have. Like just little things like that. Like don't let your highs get too high, your lows get too low. Like you got to stay even killed. Um, that, that's rad. I think it's so cool. You know, one thing you mentioned earlier, Amber, was uh, resources at the junior college level. And, that, and it, the, the word resources has been kind of stuck in my mind during this interview. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of wanted to ask you this. So, like, I know that you said drinking from a fire hose. There's a lot you're trying to figure out right now. Like, there's there's a lot going on, but, you know, you're getting stuff done. But resources at, you know, BYU compared to maybe that of Burley High School in Idaho, it might be a little different. Um, I'm wondering, are you excited about that now? Like, as a coach, like, you have a little bit, you have a staff that you can, and I know it's stressful to hire one, but you have things that you can delegate out and you have resources uh, that you might not have been used to having. So talk to us about like, are you excited about those? Is there certain things that you're like really looking forward to that can actually make the job easier? Super excited. Like, and BYU moving, we're going to be WCC next year, but moving to the big 12, right? 
Like they do everything top notch and student athletes here are amazingly like, I mean, the opportunities they have and what they've got at their fingertips is just crazy. Not only just with the resources, but connections and relationships and the alumni and how, you know, how there's, there's just a rich tradition of culture here that just it's, it's untouched. And so I feel like BYU is a very like, and that's one of the reasons why I want to coach. It's so special. It's a special place. Right. And so that those kids that you're bringing in when they get here and they can feel that, then I feel like, I mean, half the recruiting is just getting those feelings of when you're on campus and it feels like home and you know what I mean? So, but yeah, BYU does everything to the, I mean, they don't spare anything and I love it. That's so cool. No, that that's just, it's, it's cool to hear from your perspective, just trying to see it from a, like what you have now, all of a sudden it's like, okay, we do have some cool things. Now we just got to execute and utilize these things. And the culture is another thing. Um, I just, there, there's a, a lot of talk about BYU, right? Like uh, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Obviously, the school is, you know, that's a, a school for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Not everybody has to be a member of that church to go there, uh, but they do need to abide by certain rules. Now, as a coach, do you feel like that might become a a stress stressor for you? I know that other athletes, every athlete in the entire school has to abide by the rules, whether they're members of the church or not, members of that faith. S similar to any school, if it's a, a church-related school. Catholic schools, you know, Christian private schools. Do you feel like that's something that you're going to have to deal with? Are you worried about that in any uh, form? I don't get worried about it. I feel like it honestly gives us, and I've throughout this whole process, they just kept saying, you know, do the right things the right way. And I feel like, and they also told me that it's living the honor code is a competitive advantage. And so if you think about it that way, I mean, you could think about it from the side that, you know, drinking and drug, like you're not living that, you're not partaking of that. So it does give you a competitive advantage because why do you want to put that in your body or do that, right? Like, and so they don't look at it and you don't look at it as a negative. You look at it as something, a way that you want to live, right? So yes, member, non-member, whatever. It just makes this place that much more special. And that's why I love it here. I am so glad you said that. I, <laughs> I, I'm going to say something real quick because I, I always okay. say, I'm a member of this faith, right? So I, I always, yeah. and now keep in mind, I didn't go to BYU. I actually hated BYU my whole entire life, but here's the deal. <laughs> I have a nice lot of respect. <laughs> I'm a big fan now. So <laughs> here's the deal, though. Everyone always would joke around. Oh, the word of wisdom. You guys can't drink. You can't do that. And I'm like, I, I don't want to. Like, I would always say, like, what? I'm already slow enough as it is. I, I don't need anything else, like, in sports, like, hindering me. I, in boxing, I was slow. I'd take a lot of shots. I could give shots, too. But, like, I, yeah, in basketball, I, I shoot threes. That's what I do. That's I'm a shooting specialist. I couldn't do anything else. <laughs> I see Football, same thing. So, like, <laughs> so here's the deal. Like, I, and I always think about the honor code. People always talk about that. And I'm like, no, that's actually that. I'm so glad you said that. it's a competitive advantage because why do you like when you're putting that stuff into your body, it can hinder you. I will say one thing, Trevor Moad, he was on my show, rest in peace. He was Russell Wilson's mental consultant, but he coached at, uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was a mental consultant for the, the Jaguars at one point. And Fred Taylor was a running back. And he said something, and this is, has nothing to do with BYU or this, but he noticed that Fred Taylor was dealing with a lot of hamstring ish issues his whole entire career, and he was about to not make it to his next contract. They weren't going to re-sign him, so his time in the NFL was about to be over. They started realizing the importance of sleep and hydration. Well, what they said was he stopped going out to the clubs and drinking alcohol because he was starting to go to bed on time and waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning because they needed him to get up at 5 to get to the to, to work on his recovery in the mornings at the, at the facilities. So it, it dominoed because to get up at 5, he had to go to bed earlier. Well, when he went to bed earlier, he wasn't in the clubs. So over the course of three or four months, Trevor said, hey, he stopped drinking alcohol because he wasn't up all night drinking alcohol. All of a sudden, you notice that his hamstrings weren't given out on him. They weren't popping every single time because he was hydrated. And it just kind of mentioned the whole <laughs> fact of like what you're putting in your body 
you know, it does have an impact for a lot of people. And so I, I love that you mentioned that, that you can have a competitive advantage. The honor code yeah. is, a, is a good thing. It's, it's what people want thing. to do. So. Yes. I think that's dope. Okay. I just had to, to connect the dots there. So <laughs> as you move forward, what would you say is the most exciting piece of what, like, what are you looking forward to the most as the head coach at BYU? Um, Making a big splash in the big 12. Like, I just feel like, why not us? Right. Like, I mean, we, we lost this year. I leave my associate head coach. He's good at math and numbers. And he said something like 500 and some odd games between the four starters. And if we lose Shaylee, like that's what we've lost. Right. So those next group coming in, like the young ones that were freshmen last year, like I just see in their eyes, it's like, yay. Like, let's go. You know what I mean? Like there's so many minutes and so many shots and so many everything. And so I just feel like it's a huge time for them to just grow. Right. And we're still in the WCC. They'll get so many reps and or a lot of reps and a lot of experience. But then we jump to the big 12 and then we start getting a recruiting class in that's, you know, like I just, I just excited about that. Like, let's go challenge ourselves. Let's go see what we can do. And that's, that's for me, the most exciting thing. Just go get out and get the challenge. I'm excited about that. You're a competitor. I love it. I, you can tell you're, you're in, like you've said it twice already, but you want to get into the fire. You want to get into the fight and, and go. And I think that's going to be contagious. I, I know as a former player myself, like when the coaches, you could sense that from the coaches, if they truly believed and they wanted to get in there with you, when you're going to battle, so to speak, with somebody that actually wants to go to battle, like you, it's just a different edge that you have, even if you're a younger player and you're not as experienced, quote unquote. So you can go out there and get the job done. You'd be surprised at what a good coach with a good, attitude with like a fire can do for a team people like yeah the, the players got to execute at some point but like that can do a lot for somebody it's unbelievable so a couple questions to wrap up the interview amber i okay. as, as if you look back at your career up until now your career definitely ain't over it's just getting started now <laughs> and this is the greatest so. thing so up until now from playing days coaching days and so forth um first off what was your favorite memory and then i'll have another question that'll ask for that so what's been your favorite memory up until this point I love this last year winning the state championship with my girls. Like they're, they gave me everything. No one, everybody counted us out when we lost our seniors last year. Right. And everybody's like, Oh, you guys are going to be booty. Like I just like, we got came together and we came together at the right times and we went 25 and one. Right. But that one game, we learned so much that game that kind of set us up for the rest of our season and then there was timeouts. We got timeouts. And I'm like, no, we've been there before. Like, you remember, like, you can do this, right? And so it was just, it'd be instant flip of the switch. And I just, certain moments in the state tournament, like, just watching them in a timeout, player-led, like, getting after it, right? Like, it just, those moments for me, I can never, I can never be replaced. And I just, that's a huge, watching your girls succeed and do that, that you help them, right? Like, I wasn't out there on the floor. I didn't make a winning shot. I didn't do anything, but helping them achieve their goals, they achieve their goals and successes. That's, that's where I'm at. That's why I love. So, yeah. That's so dope. <laughs> what would you say is the biggest life lesson that you've taken from the sport of basketball from the playing days to the coaching days up until this exact point? Um, To get up the next day. Like I, my sophomore year state championship, I missed the winning shot, me. And so like, but just get up the next day. You got to get back after it. You got to get back in the fight. You got, you know what I mean? You might miss, I don't know what the winning free throw or whatever, but is that going to define you? 
or are you going to get up and keep moving and keep pushing and keep, you know, going forward? And so I just feel like this day and age, if we can start teaching our young kids to do that and just, like I said, like, get back up, you know, you get knocked down. It's okay. Just get back up. So that's probably the biggest life, life lesson I've learned. I love it. I absolutely love it. Is there a, a, a player that you played against or with or coached um, that stands out to you? And this could even be your daughter. I don't know. Um, but that, that stands out to you for a specific reason. And why, what would be that reason that they stood out to you? Like that you remember them so that maybe these athletes and these young coaches or parents are listening. They could take notes from you as to why did that person stand out to, to coach Amber Whiting? Um, I've had several and I don't want to name names, right? Because I don't, but, uh, girls that give you their whole heart and soul and are so coachable, like those are the kind of girls that you want to be around. Those are the kind of girls that you want to have 10 of on your team. You know what I mean? And those are the kind of girls that you win with, whether they have the most talent or not. And I've coached a lot from, I mean, I have girls in the, that's came up through our hard knocks program and went on to play Natalie. That's, you know, top five in the nation. I had, you know, I have other girls that have uh, done other things, but if they are coachable and they are, will give you their whole heart and soul and just buy in to the process, right? Trust me, trust the process, trust every day that we're going to get better and get in the grind. Those are the, my girls that I love coaching. And I don't want to say names because I got so many that are like, if I say her, her, I'll leave somebody else. I don't want to. So you, you're a uh, very, um, I guess cognizant of what like it, that people's feeling like you you're so loving it's that's the word I'm looking for you're loving <laughs> to everyone around you I can tell and I think that's really cool it's a good trait to have you don't want to name names because you'll forget I'll be here on the sideline though let's go <laughs> yeah exactly exactly you're uh yeah you're one of those you don't want to mess with her like don't don't mistake her kindness as a weakness um so <clears throat> I had my last question that just like popped out of my head real quick I oh my goodness Oh my goodness. I was thinking of it in my head while you were talking. Oh boy. This is what happens. I'm getting like in the middle of the conversation and I forget what I want to ask, but I guess mistake. Boy. Oh boy. I'm thinking in my head of all these things. I'm kidding. Please. Huh? Well, if I come up with some, I'll ask you later, I guess. So that's, that's, I mean, we've already taken up enough. I just had all these questions come popping up into my mind, but Amber, I just want to say thank you. Like this has been awesome. Now, oh, dude, no, this is this. See, when we record this, I'm not editing this out. I've got it. Last question okay. it's about women's basketball and, and like general. Okay, this is what I love about like seeing athletes. Like, okay, so I've seen Destiny Slocum came through Idaho years ago. Um, I was like, whoa, uh, but but women's basketball typically gets hated on. So I saw Destiny come through and then I saw Amari and I told everybody, like, Amari is the closest thing to Destiny I've ever seen. I mean, that was their like skill sets. I'm like, she reminds yeah. me of Destiny. Like, it just, it's a different level. Um, but the thing is, is women's basketball, and this is just across all, it's just generally speaking, especially in the United States, I should say, overseas is a little different. But women's basketball isn't respected enough, I don't feel. And, and you have been a player and a coach. And I want to know from your perspective, what do we need to do to get the respect or to give the respect or whatever? What do the women need to do to get the respect they deserve? Like how can we get more media exposure for the WNBA? How do we get these girls better opportunities in the United States to keep them stateside instead of sending them overseas where they can make more money over there? It's just a crappier way of living for some of the women. So like, what can we do for the sport as a whole for the women's game? I think we could take a, start taking a serious, right? Like Sedona. Um, you remember it was, it was two years ago when she did the TikTok of 
what men's got and what women's got, right? Like, um, and that's one of, um, she goes to Oregon, one of Amari's like friends, but she blew it up, right? It was awesome. And so I think from then it was like, nobody can hide anymore. And this day and age with social media, you can't hide that anymore. You've got to start answering it to the call of why aren't you giving the women the same opportunities the same, right? And so I saw the other day, I think they're expanding the WNBA two teams or 14 something, but we need more. We need more teams. We need more, right? So that all these girls, I mean, you're, they're getting cut and they should be playing. And so I just think if they start taking it more serious and every city that has a men's team, why can't we have a women's team? Why can't we? Right? Like, and women are fun to watch and they get after it. And so it's, it's no different. And I just think if we start taking, taking them serious and start, stop putting them on the back burner, right? Like let them shine too. let them be who they are and appreciate what they bring to the game. And there are so many uh, NBA players who are reaching out to the girls and the women in the side, right? And kind of pushing that narrative. And I think that helps a lot from their, their side. So, yeah. Okay. I dig. I'm so glad I remembered the question because that answer again is perfect. So I, I appreciate you responding to that. And I hope people understand that too, from any other media outlets that are listening to the show, whatever, take notes there and see what we can do to help in our, in, in any form that we can, if we have a platform, that's the whole point of me wanting to do that is to give a platform to maybe somebody will hear it and it, it might go well, right I, at state. I remember that was like one of my first things in top priority is thanking the media because we can't get out there. We can't get better unless we have their coverage. So like props to all you guys for taking this serious too. Yeah. I appreciate that. Well, that, that means um, I flew. <laughs> I got some from coach Whitey. That's dope. All right. So now I can say, Amber, thank you for joining me and, and being willing to share your story. I know you're super busy. So like we got a, a window of time where you were able to do it. So I appreciate that. And uh, I wish you luck moving forward. I'll be, Thanks. I'll be cheering for BYU women's basketball. Moving thank you. Forward. <laughs> I appreciate you. Thank you so okay, much. Have a great you. day. Okay. Yeah, you too. Okay. Bye-bye. Right. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.